0: Good morning, my renegades. Welcome back to Rogue Radio. My name's Sarah Jane, and, you know, guess what? We have Japan! Rogue Radio has reached Japan, and I am so ecstatic. One of the main countries that I've actually really wanted, uh, to, to, to reach, so I'm very, very excited. Uh... Yes, so welcome, Japan. Welcome to the Renegade family. We embrace you. We love you, and I hope you guys keep listening Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much Links on how to reach me will be down in the description below my YouTube Spotify All that lovely stuff so make sure you follow me subscribe comment share all of that good stuff anyway today it's time to talk about Toxic femininity. you guys might have guessed, I have bad experiences with women. Like, just as, like, women with being friends with them and everything, so we're gonna talk about toxic femininity. I mean, everybody's been talking about toxic masculinity and how being a man is somehow toxic and how a man is supposed to be authoritative and strong and the protector is toxic, but it's not actually toxic. That's their role, you know? But since there's nobody talking about toxic femininity, we're gonna be talking about that. There are toxic females out there, and um, yeah, they suck. Women suck. I, I don't like them that much, and I know I am one. I It's rare. I'm a tomboy. I just I grew up with two male cousins, and they taught me how to play football, and play paintball, and all that other stuff. Like, I don't consider myself a typical woman. I am a woman, but I just don't consider myself as a dramatic, manipulating, gaslighting, trash person. Okay, I just don't. Um, so, let's just get in to that, I guess. I don't know. I don't have a script for this. Usually most of the time I take notes about what I want to say so I can be more organized, but I'm not going to do that today. (sighs) Okay, I've named them all, so the first one we're going to be talking about is the Sandy. So, no offense to any Sandys out there, I'm sure you're really nice, but this is just my reference. Um, I'm a 90s baby, so... I named this after Daria's mean girl, Sandy, so. The Sandy is the one that gives you side comments disguised as compliments that are actually insults. Women do that a lot. Too much. And I don't understand why. Um, I guess one of the main examples that I could give is They'll compliment you, but then they'll also insult you at the same time. Like, oh, that hair dye is gonna make your forehead look smaller, sort of compliment. It's... At (laughs) one point, it's a compliment, and then it's an insult. Women do that all the time. Um, One that will always make you think that your place is below them and it will, they will make you think that you're fine with that. So, this person is your friend, but their place above you is more important than your feelings. So they have to constantly feel superior to you. And because you don't want to lose that friendship, you bow to them and you end up being your, their footstool because They've got something over you, or they have leverage, or you just don't want to lose their approval. Also, they will always point out your flaws in a nice way, meaning the same thing as the first, pretty much, but it's more uh, or less like I have nicer skin than you, I have prettier eyes than you, but yours is okay. Sort of, sh- sort of crap. <laughs> I'm trying my best not to cuss at this, man. This is already irritating me. And I've had friends like this before. And trust me, uh, this isn't about me, this is just about women in general. I'm gonna try to keep myself out of this. I've experienced friends like this. And it is terrible. It is terrible. Um, I guess you could call them the frenemy. The friend that's secretly jealous of you that um, wants to be you, or that wants to be just like you, and stuff like that is the high school stuff. And if I could really try to understand why a woman would do this, because it's not just high school, it's not just girls that go through this, it's also women out there in general, you ever heard of the song High School Never Ends? It's true! Good God, it's true. Um, there's always going to be somebody who thinks that they're prettier than you, who is petty and wants to be better than you because of some dumb reason, whatever reason that is. And I don't believe women should operate that way at all, ever. But there for me like in my opinion and with the job that I have I know that every behavior has some sort of trauma behind it or some sort of trigger behind it so if I could think of why the sandy ends up being this way is probably because she is probably bullied in her own home or not bullied but looked over in her home. Um, Doesn't get enough attention from her parents. Doesn't get approval that much from her father or her mother or her siblings. If she has siblings, she's probably the middle child and gets looked over many, many times. She may even have a toxic mother or a jealous mother or a narcissistic parent that tells her the same thing. That, oh, you know, you look nice, but that shirt makes you pregnant, or makes you look pregnant. <laughs> or, you look nice, but that color makes your skin look really pale. You know, it's, um, it all comes from the family, I believe, or it all comes from an environment that um, this person ends up being in. And because that person has never been told to uh, break it or has never, like, trained themselves to think a different way, they take it to the real world and that's how they think that they should operate in the real world because once an environment is, um, set up for a child and it's abusive or it's toxic, um, and it's not broken, that child becomes a part of that environment and takes the environment out into the real world. And without people knowing it, sometimes, they end up victimizing other people. Okay, if you guys ever seen Ever After starring Drew Barrymore? If you don't, uh, I recommend it. It's a pretty nice uh, love story. But we're not talking about Drew Barrymore, we're actually talking about the evil stepsister in the freaking show, in the movie, um, called Marguerite. And Marguerite is the jealous copycat. She wants to be the center of attention. She wants to be just like Drew Barrymore, or uh, what's her name, Danielle, in the movie. So let's just talk about Marguerite real quick. So the Marguerites of the world... They're the ones that see what you do and try to do it better. Because they're pissed off at the fact that they weren't able to think of it first. Or they will discreetly copy you in subtle ways. Like, let's say you found a nice hat and you decided to take a selfie of it and, you know, show it off. Because you're feeling yourself. You you think you look cute and shit. And then... That person sees you and decides, well, I'm gonna rock that hat better than her. And they take a selfie and you see it on Facebook or Instagram and they're like, I wore it better, you know? And it's stupid, it's stupid. I think this one is probably the most worst or the most annoying, I should say, because there's so many more types of women that I could go into, that I will go into at some point, but but yes, Uh, they will claim that they're the original and maybe even call you the copycat. So if you confront this person, they're going to be like, well, uh, I don't, I don't understand why you're coming at me. I like the way I look. I'm not trying to copy you. This is me. And you know for a fact, that every single time you did something, they had to do something right after. Trust me, that's not coincidence. Especially if that woman is your friend, or quote-unquote is your friend. They're doing it because they're jealous of you. And once again, I feel like jealousy is so useless, it's so stupid it's not gonna get you anywhere. And if it does, it's not gonna last very long. I mean, at some point, you're gonna get cut down from that high horse. Why are women like this? I don't understand this. But even parents actually do this. Even, like, narcissistic mothers, I have found out, actually do this. They do this. So, uh, let's say the daughter dyes her hair. And because her mom has had such a close relationship with her, like in the past, she ends up getting jealous and starts dyeing her hair the same color. Um, or starts dressing like the daughter because somehow they're living vicariously through their children or even trying to be like their children because they've starved themselves of the experience or they've just chosen to um I don't know how do you how you explain that with the mother and the daughter it's basically a jealous thing they're jealous of you even mothers can be jealous of their daughters I've seen it in my family and it's evil And because I know some of these toxic women will be listening, I will keep it discreet. Okay. No, never mind. Fuck it. Um... Let's see. During quarantine, this is probably the only, um, experience you'll get out of me in this episode because I feel like I always make things about me and I'm trying not to do that anymore. But... Um, a certain family member found out that I was going to get married in a park, a certain park. And this certain family member, during quarantine, decided it would be a really good idea to take a selfie kissing her husband in front of the venue that I was going to get married at. And that was the most pettiest shit I have ever experienced, and it. I erupted in sheer, livid anger. The fact that this person did this, it breaks my heart. It, it breaks my heart and, the, <laughs> and is the reason why I changed venues. Because this person actively knew that I was going to kiss my husband at that very spot and that person decided, I'm going to beat you to it. I have talked about my family and how toxic it is before. That's, that's the deepest toxicity I have ever unveiled in any of my episodes. And sometimes I just refuse to talk about stuff like that because it, it angers me all over again. And it's not, it's a a waste of my time to keep talking about it over and over again. You know what I mean? But yes, that actually happened. It happened, and I ended up having to replan my whole wedding. Not just because of that, but because of other things as well. There were just so many things that happened during my planning of my wedding. But I actively changed my... Venue, Because I didn't want that family member to have the satisfaction that, oh, I kissed my husband here first. That is evil as fuck. And I can't stand women like that. The trauma behind this, though, is kind of the same way. It's as the first, um, where the family home is is always going to come back to the home. The family home isn't broken, but it's unstable. And they may have siblings, they may not have siblings, but um, if they have siblings, they see an older or a younger sibling getting more attention than the other. So. The only way that they know how to um, get the same attention as their counter-sibling is to do the exact same thing as that sibling does. Just like mothers being jealous of their daughters, they see that their daughter is getting more attention and more individualized they may even become more of an individual, and they don't need their mother as much. And because that mother has been jealous of how much attention that, you know, their daughter's getting or how much, um, of an individual they're becoming, they end up either trying to fill the hole, trying to be like them, or They copycat them because they want the same amount of attention. It happens in every form, in every way, in different families. And it happens also in real life. It doesn't have to be in the home. But the only way that I could really um, depict the the marguerites of the world is by using a mother-daughter relationship. And, um, also trying to show how that can graduate into the real world and you have friends that are the same way sometimes, but yeah, next. Now it's time to address the Gretchen Wieners of the world from Mean Girls, you know, okay. These women cannot stop talking about themselves. They are self-involved. They believe that they're the best at what they do and nobody can beat them. This is different from anyone who is jealous or who is a frenemy because the frenemies and the jealous ones are the ones that know that they have to prove that they are the best. To their other friends. The Gretchens already know that they're great. They know that they're good. They know that they're awesome. They know that they're more prettier than everybody else. They're the conceited ones, basically. And they're the ones that blatantly say, I can't help it if I'm pretty. I can't help it if men like me. I can't help it if I'm you know, I can't help it if my boss likes me more than you, or stuff like that. It, They don't care about other people. As long as they're beneath their feet, and they're walking on everybody else, it, they're fine with it. They're narcissistic. They will always check themselves in the mirror. They will always... Um... They will always, uh, what is it? They can't do or say anything wrong. Um, in their mind, they're always right. They always do the right thing. And they will always act the right way in certain situations, despite reality screaming at them, saying that they're doing the wrong thing. Um, they also need to be liked And have friends that enable that behavior so that they can believe their self-worth. And the reason why that is very important is that whenever someone does confront a Gretchen Wieners, they can go back to their friends and they can coddle her. And say, oh, that person was an asshole. That person was terrible. They're just jealous. They're just mean. That sort of shit. As powerful and as high up a Gretchen Wieners actually looks, they are nothing without the friends that support them. Because they need that support system in order to enforce their own mentality. That they're the best. That they're prettier. That they're more loved and they get all the boyfriends because of this and whatever. Whatever women actually talk about. (laughs) So in order for Gretchen Wieners to stand, they need a pedestal. And if that pedestal crumbles, they're nothing. And when that pedestal crumbles, they'll still have that narcissistic attitude. They'll be like, oh, well, I I don't know why this is happening to me. I'm such a good person. Um, I... I do this, and this, and this, and I'm pretty, and I don't know why this is happening, and all this other shit. But in reality, it's not. It's it's not how the world works, ma'am. Now, I'm not saying that a woman believing that she's pretty is not okay. Of course it's okay. It's actually a wonderful trait to have when you have confidence. There's a difference between being conceited and having confidence, okay? Being conceited means I'm prettier than everybody else. Having confidence is saying I'm beautiful and I'm a badass, but oh my god, look at that beautiful badass walking past. She's a badass too. The Gretchen Wieners are conceited and they will stay conceited because even after everything has crumbled around them, them being narcissistic and conceited is their survival tactic. How their home looks is probably the opposite of what um of what a Sandy or a Marguerite will you know end up having in the home. So this could. Uh, come from a very privileged family, maybe even rich, but I know that it's not always the case. Sometimes, there's a golden child within the family, and that child is usually the one that gets the most attention, that is praised and loved and adored by the family, despite if they are an only child or if they have a um, Like, family members or even siblings that get treated less than, And this has happened in my family as well. (laughs) But I'm not gonna go into that. But anyway, um, but there's some Gretchen Wieners in the family as well, okay? Um, there's always gonna be that one child in the family or in the household that is, um, that can never do wrong. Um, even if the sibling points out that they did something wrong, the parents are like, oh no, they're just being a kid. They're just being a girl. They're just being a boy. It's okay. They're just babies. And they're like 10 years old. Yeah. So because the Gretchen Wieners have been coddled, cuddled, snuggled and loved and adored and praised and worshiped by the family, by the time they get into adulthood, that's how they expect people to treat them. And because some people actually enable this behavior, they're either going to survive or they're not going to survive. And if they don't survive, they're going to survive on their own saying that everybody's jealous and that everybody wants to be them and all that stuff. And the thing about ego, it can either work or it can fail. And that's the problem that I have with Gretchen Wieners. Some of them actually succeed. Some of them are actually successful. And that kind of pisses me off. Because you're an awful person and yet you're still the way you are, and you're still getting all of this stuff, but. And how can I forget the Karens? And I mean from Mean Girls and in social media, (laughs) nowadays everybody calls women who are entitled Karens. The difference between a Gretchen Wieners and a Karen is that they will try to justify them outbursting and having fights and all of that. So yes, there are some crazy bitches out there that try to start fights over the smallest thing. And to me, Those are the dangerous ones. You don't want to be friends with those. You don't want to be friends with the Karens. Because, uh, they will either loop you into whatever strategy they have in order to destroy the world, um, that day, and then you become an accessory to a crime such as assaults or violence. Um, and you didn't do anything! Not really, you were just standing there, right? The Karens believe that they deserve justice in the most misplaced areas in their life. It is the smallest things that tick them off. They have a hair trigger. Like, what is it called? A hair trigger. (laughs) Anything can set them off. So if you end up saying, Oh, well, this is my opinion and I don't think it's right for you to do that, they are going to ram you into the ground so far that you will reach the core of the earth and then justify on why they did that. Um, I would say that they're Gretchen Wieners and maybe even frenemies, maybe even the Sandys and the Gretchen Wieners put together because, um, they believe that whatever justice they decided to fight for that day is the most important thing, no matter how stupid it is to everyone around them. So they're the ones that go off, and they're the ones that um, don't really care. They're the abusive, the outwardly abusive friend that will completely justify why they did and said what they did. Oh, you know what? No, they're the Amber Herds. They're the amber herds, guys. They're the amber freaking turds of this world. Oh my god, so much better than Karens. So much better. So the Ambers will always find a way to make sure that they are right and that they are viewed as right to other people. No matter how stupid it is. Like if they took a shit on the bed... They're going to find a way to justify the reason why they shit on your bed. Oh, because I was mad. Because um, you, you traumatized me and you hurt my feelings and all this other shit. So, they're the type of person that just... It's always them. They're always the victim. They're always the one that is in their mind, gets shit on... They're always the one that's going to fight for themselves instead of other people. Even in the smallest areas of their life. Like, if someone gets Amber Heard's order wrong, they're probably going to shit on the damn, uh, drive through window. These women are probably party animals. They probably, um, fill their life with, uh, meaningless sex. And then... The next morning, they'll accuse the man of raping them because they had meaningless sex and they regret it. It happens. It's happened. It's still happening. And it, <laughs> Yeah. And I guess the trauma behind an Amber is that they have been parented inconsistently. Meaning there's a mix of of things going on in the family, whether they have siblings or not. Um, the This child is probably either physically, mentally, or emotionally abused, and it's not all the time. It's not consistent, um, which means one day they would be emotionally abused, the second mentally, the third maybe physically. And this child is confused of what they did wrong. And um, at some point, as they grow up and this parenting keeps going on, that uh, they end up getting very resentful, very angry, very hurt, and believe that they need to be heard and that they need to be right um, even if they start projecting the same parenting or the same relationships that she has seen in her family. Because that same environment can be brought into different relationships and Amber has. Which means that she also needs to justify that cruel action... In order for her to feel like she's a whole person. I don't think it's about approval with her. I think it's because she needs to know that she is right. Because if she isn't, then she doesn't know exactly who she is. If she's not. Uh, This type of approval is detrimental to an Amber. Because an Amber without approval... Is nothing. Uh, it's not just nothing. They will shatter. Their mind will shatter. They will shatter. They do not know who they are. So if they are at all wrong, they need to justify why they're right in order for them not to go crazy, if you know what I mean. All right. And the last one that we will be talking about is the Jezebel. And this woman is all three, or not all four, isn't it? The Gretchens, the Ambers, the Sandys, and the Marguerites, all wrapped into one. This type of woman believes that her shit don't stink. (laughs) That... um. She knows that she's better than everybody else, but she knows how to hide it with fake humility. She's jealous, but she knows how to hide her copycatness behind certain emotions. She hides very well. She hides behind masks. She hides behind emotion. She will uh, turn on the tears at will if she gets cornered to make people feel sorry for her. Um, what else? If she gives a side comment, like, oh, that hair dye will make your forehead look smaller, she will act as if she did nothing wrong, or she'll just be like, oh, uh, what did I do? Why are you so mad that I said that? You say that. That sort of shit. And then, during that conversation, this conversation that I've used in this example they will be able, they're so talented at this, they've gone through years of gaslighting and manipulating and making sure that their friends know that they're wrong, which they're not they will end up turning the whole conversation on you saying that they heard you say it once And that, you know, they didn't think it was a big deal that they said it to you. And all this other stuff. And in the end, you're the one saying sorry for confronting her. Instead of her saying sorry to you for even saying the most insulting thing to you. These women are strategic. Sometimes you will not even notice how manipulated you are. It will take years and maybe even new friends that will recognize how evil this woman is in order for you to realize that that type of friendship should not exist in the real world. Um, these Jezebel women have many many people that enable their behavior they have people set in different stations of their life to where they can just pull out that person like a card at a poker game and win the whole bucket they, they will win the whole pool okay they are strategic If they know that someone is onto them, they will pluck this person out from their life and put them into the forefront in order for them to fight for them. They are narcissistic and they get away with it. They can't stop talking about themselves because they always play themselves as the victim. They always use the victim card within the game. If they lose... They will cry and they will justify why they're crying and they will accuse you of cheating or accuse you of whatever they're uh, accusing that person of in order for them to win the approval of people around them and they are so good at it that everyone around them is bewitched. They will exaggerate the responsibilities of their work title or their job title. So, for example, if they were a dish washer at a restaurant, they will literally say, Oh, I own that restaurant. Or I owned that restaurant at one time. And they'll get away with the lie. And unlike the Gretchen Wieners of the world, they don't care if they... If, if people don't like them. They don't. They don't care if there's so many people around them that hate them and that know that they're fake. And that know that they're evil and wrong and conniving and strategic. And just the most evil person that the earth has decided to shit out. They don't care if you don't like them. Because at least they have a group of people to shield them. To enable their behavior that say that I love this Jezebel, I love this person. Because that's all they really need is a group of people. They only need a small army of people to come to their defense. But yeah. Um, What else do they do? Oh yeah, no, this can be so bad to the point... Their behavior can escalate so bad to the point where they could actually get away with murder. They could get away with murder if they really wanted to. Oh, and wait, I'm sorry, forgive me. They will choose religion and Christianity to definitely always use, they will use religion as a shield in order for them to be justified in every single way. So if they ended up beating somebody to a pulp, they'll be like, Well, it says in the Bible about this, this, and this. I don't know what kind of scripture would even like justify that. But of course, the Jezebels of the world will find a scripture that will justify their actions. And they will get away with it. They will get away with it. That's the, That's the problem. And I hate Jezebels of this world, I swear to God. I don't like them at all. They're evil. They're the most evil witches I have ever experienced in my entire life. And this is why I choose not to have many friends. I hate these types of women with a passion. With a passion. With a fucking passion. Oh my god. They will always try to distract you. They will put you in a hall of mirrors in order for you to realize that you're the problem instead of them. Because all the mirrors that show, they they show you instead of them. But they're actually the ones behind all the mirrors laughing and making sure that you're so confused to the point where you're still friends with them or you're still somebody in the family that coddles them. Because to be honest, without all the bags of tricks that this Jezebel has, they're nothing. They have to be strategic. They have to be mean. They have to be this way because they have constructed a undeniably strong web of lies in order for them to be perceived a certain way and they love being perceived in a good light and they will do anything in their power to make sure that that web still stands And projects the same heavenly, angelic image that they have, or that they seem to have, that other people see. And I don't know if you've ever talked about uh, the spirit of Jezebel before on this podcast. It is something that we will have to talk about at some point, Um, because there's so much that goes into it. There's so much more. But that is the queen of all fake women. If you find this woman, run. Seriously, run. Cut them off from your life. Cut them off from your life. Do not let them in. Block them from everything. Block their number. Block their Facebook, Instagram, whatever they're on. Make sure that they cannot see what you are doing because most definitely in the future or maybe even, you know, in the present at some point, they're going to try to use whatever you said or posted against you and make you feel like you're the one that started this all, whatever problem but it's actually them, but they're just really good at convincing you that you were the problem, but you're not. All of the women that I've talked about today are very dangerous. They can very quickly become a Jezebel. So I would say avoid those types of women at all costs. And you know what, sometimes it's not always Blatant. It's not always, um, evident the first time you meet them. Sometimes you have to sit back and watch their behavior. And then sometimes if they gossip behind your back or, you know, they say things, which is something that I forgot to even talk about, um, gossip is very poisonous. These, all of these women do it. They do it in order to gain, um leverage. They do it in order to gain favor towards people who um, are your friend or are your enemy um, in order for either your friend or your enemy to dislike you even more. And it's just a mess. So the reason why I believe that women end up being like this, like a Jezebel, is because of everything that I've talked about in the home. It's because they've experienced something very awful in their life. They've been physically abused to the point where they couldn't move, or they've been sexually abused multiple times. Um, It all really depends On that Jezebel's past experience Um, and that trauma ends up becoming the weapon the very uh, strongly forged weapon in order to have the mentality I have to get them before they get me sort of thing and because of that they end up it's weird (laughs) it's really weird because Like I said, they're strategic. They will find a way to have friends and also have enemies. And both friends and enemies will work for them in their favor in the most complicated way ever. And um, I guess uh, one example would be uh, Hulu's um, show The Act is a textbook Jezebel. That's a Jezebel. Um, let's uh, think of another one. Regina George is a Jezebel. Harley Quinn is a Jezebel, unfortunately. And the thing is is that men can also be Jezebels. It's just more prominent in women because that spirit came from a woman. Like I said, which is something that I'll have to get into at some point, uh, probably the next episode. But Loki is a Jezebel. As much as I I don't want to believe it, but it's true! (laughs) Because he's able to project things in order for people to believe, uh, that it's true. That's actually a very good example of what a male Jezebel is. Um, I don't think it's on Netflix anymore, but Colton Blue is a character from um, Jonathan Strange and Mr. Norrell, which um, is a very interesting show. <laughs> I watched it, <laughs> and Colton Blue is basically the servant of some sort of witch or something like that. And he's a magician, so he's able to manipulate people in um another dimension in order for them to do his dirty work and also um kind of take human beings as payment and kind as well and it it's just it's a lot, <laughs> but there's another male Jezebel, <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, Hades from Hercules is also a male Jezebel, you know manipulating other people. Anyway, thank you so much for listening. Thank you, Japan, for listening and becoming a part of the Renegade family. Um, We welcome you with open arms, and I hope you guys keep listening. And um, thank you so much. I will see you guys in the trenches next time. See ya.